What does it mean to be a Christian entrepreneur? How can I turn my ideas into an actual business? How do I navigate my path to entrepreneurship? Welcome to Creator, the podcast brought to you by Olivet Nazarene University's McGraw School of Business to unlock the secrets to Christian entrepreneurship and fuel your path to success. I'm your host, Carly Bird, graduate assistant of Olivet's entrepreneurship program. I'm your co-host, Spencer James, an Olivet undergraduate marketing management and business administration major. Join us, fellow students, as we embark on a journey to discover the call of the entrepreneur. This week, we have the pleasure of being joined by Jeff Williams as we dive deep into the concept of scaling a business. Where faith and business meet. This is The Creator Podcast. Hello, everyone. This week, I am so excited to be joined by an entrepreneur that I continuously find myself looking up to, Jeff Williams. Jeff is a serial entrepreneur from Indianapolis that has made a name for himself by establishing numerous successful companies across diverse industries. However, when his businesses were severely impacted by exorbitant surges in healthcare expenses, he resolved to address the issue head-on, channeling his skills toward co-founding Wellbridge Surgical. Throughout his career and personal endeavors, Jeff consistently embodies the role of a disruptor challenging the conventional norms and daring to take risks for the betterment of society at large. Jeff, thank you so much for taking the time to be with me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is great. All right. So, Jeff, the concept of scaling a business is a topic that we could truly spend all day talking about. You know, a common dilemma that many of our young aspiring entrepreneurs face is the question of when. When should I start scaling my business? You know, based on your experiences, what would you say are some of the signs that you've noticed that help you recognize when it's time to start scaling? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, from my perspective, for the the younger listeners here, you know, if if you're not married yet, that's a great time to scale because um, being married is expensive. And then after that, having kids is even more expensive. So I think the later you get... Um, you know, in your life and the, when expenses are kind of piling up, it makes it a lot harder to, you know, jump out, start to scale the business, um, and go into it full time, you know, so that would be the first thing that I would say is if, if, if you're, you know, single or, or not married, I guess I would say, and don't have kids, it, that's the best time to do it. It's because it'll be the list, least, uh, risk. You know, could you talk about, um, some of those specific aspects of your business that you should really be focusing on when you're scaling a business? You know, where should your attention be? Well, I'm a big sales and marketing guy. So without sales, it's kind of hard for operations to have anything to do. So I really focus on, you know, um, in the beginning with Wellbridge um, and with Spry as well was really just the spray and pray model. Um, Not that we weren't trying to track ROI, but the, the, main piece was just getting the word out that you're here, you have a product and, um, you know, you have something that's this differentiated within the market that people want to learn more about. So, yeah, I, I think just getting out there and, and any which way possible, whether it's just a coffee, right. Um, with right. a person that, you know, as a, as a real networker, um, that knows a lot of folks, um, would be huge. Obviously social media, everybody knows about that, but, um, you know, getting into your network and, and getting the word out that way as well. 
I mean, anything you can do um, to to start landing sales is the key. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Do you think you could dive a little bit deeper into that? Um, you know, the topic of sales and um, you know, what are some techniques or practices that um, you have found are important to utilize when trying to make those sales or, you know, going about marketing? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, I break up sales and marketing into two different categories. In my mind, this is just Jeff Williams. So um, marketing is is really, you know, more of a, I guess, lack of a better term for me, B2C type of play, um, where, especially at Wellbridge, where we need to get the word out for to the consumer that Wellbridge is around. Um, and so, Getting out there through social media and, and billboards and um, you know, podcasts like this or or different um, publications is is huge, right? But really, for at least Wellbridge, where where the rubber hits the road is is sales, which would be you need to think about obviously who your target audience is, and for Wellbridge Surgical, it would be self funded insurance plans, and um, with within that. Uh, who who's your target to talk to within within that, which for us would be CFOs. So then the grind happens of how do I get in front of these folks? Um, and so from from that side, the sales side, that's that's really huge. Getting in front of these plans as well, and then on back to marketing on the flip side, making sure that when you you're going in there that they've they've at least um, heard about you and are, are familiar with plus or minus what you do through your marketing efforts. I don't know if that helps answer, but yeah. that's in my mind, that's, that's kind of di- the differentiation between it. And for, for me, I really think that sales is, is really where, where you really start to, to make your way. So and it's a long process, you know, uh, Wellbridge is my newest venture. So I, I was humbled over the last three years of having to go back to square one of, taking any meeting possible, whether I knew it would have ROI or not. You, you Sometimes you're just not sure when you're starting a new business. Um, so taking any meeting you can is, is important. And you're going to have some winners. You're going to have some losers. And, and it, that's just part of it. It's not wasted time if it didn't go anywhere because you at least made a contact. Um, and then from there, feeling your way through of, of you know, how best through these meetings that you're having, um, these coffees with Folks that might be influencers within the, within an industry that you're targeting, you know, you can better formalize your plan on how you're going to get to your target client. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, definitely one of our continuous themes here on uh, the Creator Podcast of building those connections and uh, really channeling into your network as well as building mentors along the way. I'd also like to touch on company culture for a second. In regards to that concept of scaling, you know, every company, of course, has their own style, culture, way of going about day-to-day tasks and activities. When you start scaling, how do you ensure uh, that you're maintaining your culture and who you are as a company? You know, never lose sight of that. Yeah, that's a great question and something I'm very passionate about. So I'll I'll, I'll skip back to Spry, my marketing company, to, to talk about that. Um, at Spry, I was the third employee Oh, uh, back in 2002. And um, fast forward, I uh, bought the companies and grew it. And now, you know, we're 80 or so employees strong. And, you know, from three to 80, there's a lot of scaling that goes on there. And you realize as you're growing, what what's 
gotten you there and losing track of that could be really, really bad. Right. And, and so for me, what I've done over the years, um, is make sure that you, when we were smaller, making sure that you had an, uh, a tight executive team that was on board with the culture and was making sure that that culture was going to stay, um, vibrant, you know, throughout the company. But as we've gotten bigger, Oh, I would say this has been the last maybe five years. Um, I have a chief people officer, Derek Gillum, and that's his full-time job is making sure that the culture within Spry stays consistent, that we don't lose focus um, of what's gotten us to where we're at today. Um, and that's been huge. I mean, that, that is a what that is the biggest job, I would say even bigger than mine at, at Spry is is Derek's job keeping that culture. Um, solid. So, now, yeah, that that's incredible. Talking about Spry in particular, do you think you could share? Um, what are some of those key components you follow at Spry? What is your culture? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, we're Christ-centered, and you know, this is His business, not mine, and uh, I'm just here as a vessel. And so, you know, keeping that humble attitude um, is is key for sure. So, we try to push that down through the entire organization. Um, and so, you know, with that, one of the biggest pieces that we've done as a company mission trip, we've been, this will be our 11th year doing it. We just finished up our 10th and um, trip in January. We work with homes of hope and we go down for nine years straight down to the Dominican Republic and we build a house for a family in need. Um, this last in January of this year, we have moved to homes of hope, Costa Rica and we'll be going back again um, in January 2024, uh, bringing a team down there. And, um, you know, just from a humbling aspect, you know, we we are so blessed here in America. And not that there's not folks that need help in the U.S., for sure. And we do that um, during during the year domestically um, within Indianapolis, helping, helping folks um, out. But, um, you know, outside of the country, you know, there's, there's just so much need. And so bringing employees, um, of Spry down to Costa Rica to bless a family with a home that would take them up to 15 years to, to, um, build themselves. We do it in two days. And, um, it, it's just, uh, such an amazing, um, trip that we've been doing so impactful for our folks to be able to, a lot of them haven't been out of the country before. And, just to see how other folks are living in the world and um, what the company DNA is of giving back. Um, yes, we do need to make a profit for sure, but um, that we can give of some of those profits and 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 give back. It, it's just huge, and and so that's one of been probably our number one success story with our culture at Spray. I know that we mentioned kind of maintaining your culture and to somewhat go along with that last point, how would you, you know, how do you ensure that your company is also maintaining the same level of quality uh, in the service you're providing and not sacrificing quantity for quality in a sense? Yeah, I think that's a great question. We've uh, acquired three companies since July 1 of 2022. So we just kind of went through the, the next level of scaling and each level has its own challenges that you have to, you know, prepare for as best you can, but you don't really know, at least this is, this is my experience. You don't really know until you get into it. 
And so that is something we have our, our eyes on really tight right now at, at Spry is, is making sure that the quality is there. Um, just like it was when we were half the size, you know, two years ago. And, uh, what we're doing right now is EOS. That is, um, it's, uh, I think this is what it stands for (laughs) entrepreneurial operating system. And so it's a book, there's a book around it called traction. And then, um, there's implementers that you can hire to help you bring EOS and, and put that into your company. We've just signed up with EOS. I'm super stoked about it. Been wanting to do it for five or six years, but I don't think we are quite, quite at the size where, um, it would have worked well for us. Um, but it's perfect size now to go back to your question, which is, you know, how do you standardize an entrepreneurial growing company? to make sure that the the flavor that the clients were getting prior are the flavor that they're getting today. Um, and so we're, we're very passionate about that at Spry, but when you grow so fast, sometimes it's hard, um, to, to know what to do. And so we, we've hired these experts to come in and help implement EOS into, into Spry. And we believe strongly that that's, what's going to, um, help us, uh, continue that quality and integrity that has gotten us to where we're at today and be able to take us, you know, to the next um, run on the ladder of, of, of scaling. Well, that's great to hear. Um, you know, this might go along also um, with, you know, EOS, but, um, you know, how do you measure the effectiveness then or success of your scaling efforts? So kind of looking, you know, after you've been um, kind of implementing the scaling efforts for a while now, what does that look like? How do you ensure that you're meeting standards and uh, on the right track? Yeah, I would say I'd, I'd divvy that up into external and internal. So external is the client, right? And, you know, that goes into, you know, our, our reviews that we're doing with our clients, um, it, you know, the year-end reviews, and then obviously the the check-ins throughout the year as well. And just listening to them, it's it's a basic principle, but one that uh, as companies scale, they sometimes tend to not do, which is listen to the client. And uh, we're we're very you know client focused, um, and we want to and we want to hear from them. So that would be where we're getting that feedback externally, internally. You know, as you scale to keep that um, culture and and to keep growing that team. You know, people process profit, people is number one for a reason, right? If you don't have great employees, it's going to be hard to scale. So, um, Derek Gillum, our chief people officer is like I said earlier, is in charge of that, but we've, we've used a software called do lead, um, in the past. And, um, we, we, we took a year off, but we're joining back up with them, um, a year off just because of how crazy it was with some of the scaling that we've done. And they help companies, um, internally make sure that they're keeping their, their culture and that they're, their employees are, are happy. And that, that's been huge for us. Um, great company. Um, that's spelled D U L E A D do lead. Yeah. That that's so important to make sure that you're equally keeping track on both ends, internal and external. That's the checks and balances, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard to keep up with the quality on the outside. If you don't have great people that understand that on the inside that are well-trained and equipped, you know, with the tools they need. And, uh, that balance isn't easy either. I want to make sure I throw that out there. That's that, uh, I was, I was high level with that, but, um, you know, balance is, it's challenging, but that that's in my opinion, you know, if you don't have those two pieces, scaling is, is 
pretty scary because you don't know where the cards might fall. Definitely. Yeah. Do you think really quick you could share kind of from your own personal experience? What was it like when you were first starting out with Spry and reaching that point of scaling for the first time? How did you handle that? Boy, I'd have to think back. I mean, it's a grind, right? As I guess would be would be the piece I think a lot of people miss. You hear in the news of somebody who sold their company for lots and lots of money or are showing a lot of success. But I think sometimes what they don't show is is what it was like to get there and the grind. Um, it's it's really, really hard. And from somebody like myself, who's super impatient, um, that's part of the grind as well. So, you know, when I started, I mean, I was knocking on doors <laughs> one at a time. And so and it's just, I think what keeps you going is, is is are those little wins along the way is a lot of heartache and, and every so often you get a win and you're like, all right, I can keep going. I, I believe on the scaling piece where, where you have your organic growth, which is the new sales that you're you're landing. And then you get to a point um, where for us, it's probably around 3 million in sales where it's like, all right, we also need to start working some M&A um, into this as well. And since then, it's been a balance between organic sales and then um, and then purchasing um, companies in order to to keep moving the needle forward. And um, I think as you get bigger and bigger, it makes it even harder and harder um, because you need to land bigger clients, land bigger acquisitions in order to move move the needle, which is also it can be a grind as well. Well, Jeff. It's actually about time for us to start wrapping up. But before we end, I do have to ask you what we like to qual- call our uh, quirky question of the week. Sometimes we really throw some curveballs. <laughs> okay. All um, right. All right. Looks like we have. If your company, Spry Brands, was an ice cream flavor, what would it be and why? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Um. Well, since my credit card just got hit recently with a Baskin Robbins um, bill that I that was not actually mine, I will go with uh, who? What will I go with from Baskin Robbins? I think I'm just gonna go with French vanilla. We are okay. we are very uh, consistent, um, but we're not vanilla. We're French vanilla. I like yeah, that. we've got some. We've, we've got some uh, some additional flavor to us, but you know what you're going to get into um, when you uh, taste our ice cream. Wow, that's a great answer. You handled this very well. <laughs> I don't know if that was great or not. I, was, I just shot that from the hip, so if it was, then uh, fantastic. So This has been such a great conversation, and I know that I plan on utilizing your advice in my own personal life, and... I'm sure that many of our listeners will be too. So, you know, thank you so much, Jeff. This has been so great having you. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, like I'm here to help. I'm here to help you and others that are trying to make their way as entrepreneurs. And so if there's anything I can ever do, um, let me know. And our our websites for the companies are wellbridgesurgical.com and sprybrands.com. And you can reach out uh, through either one of those avenues uh, to find me. If you have any questions yourself or any of the listeners would, would love to jump on a call 
or meet you for a coffee to help answer any questions if I can be helpful. And uh, listeners, if you want to connect with Olivet's Entrepreneurship Program Director, Chris Perez, or discover other entrepreneurial opportunities the program has to offer, such as the McGraw School of Business's very own Creator Conference and Pitch Competition, which Jeff happened to be a guest speaker in last year, then please go to olivet.edu slash creator. We'll see you next time. Oh, 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 oh